0: Of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Worzniak and thanks for listening. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. Be sure you're checking out the official show website at nhte.net and sign up for the e-newsletter there. Just put your email address in the sign-up box, and I will only send to you once a week to let you know about the newest episode. There are also links on the website for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from an hour north of San Diego, my guest is a singer-songwriter who in January released an EP that got over 60,000 streams on Spotify in the first month alone. He is about to release a full album, which will have 12 songs, and come out on July 3rd. Last year, there were a million and a half streams of his music on Spotify alone. Along with his wife and kids, he also has a family YouTube channel that has over 5 million subscribers and close to 4 billion views. Meanwhile, his latest music video, or the song that we will play at the end of today's episode, has already gotten almost 135,000 views in the first month alone. You've been hearing a song of his called Hey! Hey! It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Brian Lanning.
1: Hey, Bruce. How's it going?
0: Awesome. Brian, thanks for doing this. Looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. excited.
0: You bet. Congratulations. I know this is an exciting time, what with the new album about to come out. Mm -hmm. First, though, let's have you tell the listeners about the song of yours that was just playing called Hey.
1: Hey, okay. This song, man, it was really inspired by a couple of things. Um, number one, it was a running family joke, um, for years growing up, um, when I'm driving in the car with my mom or my grandma, they love to point out the window at large trucks of hay and yell, Hey, (laughs) and, um, it was something that was so ingrained in me that obviously I felt inclined to write a song about it. (laughs) Um, but it was also just, you know, really inspired about where I grew up in, um, small town in Idaho called Emmett and uh, we didn't have much but we had you know open fields and loud music and some of my best memories were just you know being out there in the field with my family and my friends and riding bikes and listening to music over a bonfire so i really love that song because it kind of just brings me back to that time in my life
0: but let's be clear though for the listeners it's h-e-y even though you think of a bale of hay which is h-a-y is there a reason why you did it that way
1: um, I loved the play on words. I mean, that joke—my when my mom and grandma—they would always be like, "Hey," and I'd be like, "Hey, what?" and I'd be like, "Oh, straw." <laughs> you know, it was—it was such a a dumb dad joke that kind of just went over the head of everyone. But um, no, that chorus really drives it home. I think. <laughs>
0: nice, nice. Well, we certainly will get lots of people listening to this interview because they know Brian and his family through the YouTube channel that I mentioned, and he and I will talk about that after we finish this interview that conversation with him will be over in the exclusive bonus content that i release every week to complement the main podcast interview you get to hear more from the guest, you get to hear some behind the scenes type stuff from me you get to hear a little more lighthearted, more personal conversation and it's a way for you to show me that you enjoy now hear this entertainment and want to support me and these as i like to call them new releases that i put out each week Please help me to keep being able to create new episodes. It's only $5 a month, and it gets you bonus audio not available anywhere else. Go to the show website, nhte.net, click on the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and sign up to get access to what Brian and I will record after today's show, and exclusive audio from the previous 27 episodes as well. Plus, of course, all the bonus recordings that come out every week hereafter. And by the way, Brian and I are not going to only talk about the YouTube channel. (laughs) It might only be five bucks, but it truly does mean a lot to me. Brian, as much as we will have listeners to this episode who are already fans and followers of yours, for those who are just being introduced to you for the first time, Mm -hmm. talk about that background that you started to allude to, because I introduced you as being in California today. And as you started to mention, that's not where you grew up. So talk about where you're from and, you know, how you got started into music there.
1: Yeah, well, you know, where I'm from is actually very split and um, Same Town, the album that I'm releasing out on July 3rd actually uh, really touches on that. A lot of my identity is based around, you know, where I grew up and the experiences I had in different towns and different settings. Um, So yeah, I was actually born, I was born in California. I was born in San Diego um, and I lived in the city until I was about five or six um and my grandma who at the time lived in Idaho uh drove down to California picked us up and hauled us over to her place in Idaho wow. and um it was a full 360 for me so i was like growing up walking along the streets you know along the palm trees to school you know and then i got rushed to Idaho where we get you know four seasons and um country music everywhere and we're living off the land and my grandma's got chickens. We're chopping their heads off and eating them for dinner. Mm. Like (laughs) it was a completely different world than I'd ever, I'd ever known. So um, yeah, I started that at uh, six years old and then eventually my, uh, she actually helped my mom get clean and help her uh, save some money because she just wasn't doing very good with the opportunities that she had in California. So she really helped her out. And my mom uh, met her husband who was, country guy and he took us even more up into the mountains (laughs) and then I was I was chopping wood and um you know smoking dinner and uh yeah good time so that's kind of like where my childhood was I was this city boy who was kind of ripped out of the streets and and thrown onto the dirt roads and and there's huge pieces of my identity that are really you know back and forth on that so same town kind of touches on that 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 split identity of being city and country or not knowing like Really, where I belong. You know what I mean.
0: But what in there lent itself to you starting into music?
1: I mean, I was always singing <laughs> from a young age. You can ask my mom; she'll probably tell you how annoying I was. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just like standing on store displays and like making a fool of myself. Like, I loved to just jump on my bed and sing. I was always making like weird songs around the house and stuff. So when my grandma picked us up and moved us to Idaho, she started me in uh, Idaho opera. Wow. And that was where yeah, that was actually where I got a lot of my formal singing training. Wow. Was being I was the youngest. <laughs> I was the youngest out of like a hundred kids. She put me front and center. Mm. And we toured all over Idaho, a little bit in Oregon and Washington. Um, and that's really where I learned like a lot of the my foundation of music knowledge and songs and stuff.
0: But what about actually songwriting though? When did you start songwriting and, and you know, how slash why?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there was a huge split in between there too. So, what happened was, uh, I I grew up in, you know, this this small farm town, loving music, and it it wasn't really the popular thing to do out there. You know, there was a lot of farmers. Um, it was a lot of, um, I, I don't know. I guess I was like a I was like a big fish in a small pond. I guess you could say mm-hmm. I always had bigger dreams than a lot of my friends,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so. I really actually pushed all that down for a while and Mm. I, and I didn't pursue music. Um, I enjoyed it privately on my own and it was something that I kind of did to really get away from the world. Um, And then uh, about, I don't know, like six or seven years ago after I had already sort of had this platform on YouTube, I had this love of songwriting kind of come to me again. Uh. And that was when I wrote uh, this is home. And that was the first song I ever like, really wrote and finished, worked with a producer to produce and released out into the world.
0: Well, and for the audience's benefit, talk about really one end of the spectrum to the other. Fast forward to present day and now living in California, and you can fill in the details of when this transpired, but I read somewhere about the studio that you have, or I should say studio that you built in California. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, man, that's my baby. It's my place. It's like uh I, I just needed a place to, to create and work. And uh, we, we started YouTube uh, about six years ago and we kind of had no idea, you know, where it was going to take off. Um, and so when I was wanting to pursue music, I already had this giant, uh, this giant thing I was already carrying and I needed to like put it down and go work on something else somewhere else. So I was able to kind of like leave the YouTube world at my house and able to, you know, purchase a building 15 minutes down the street um, and work with my producer to build like a full-scale professional music studio um, that we're turning into a business of our own. And then also, that's where I wrote this album. It's where we created these songs. So mm. it's a, it's like my haven. It's my place I go and I can actually create. Because I've got two boys, and they keep me busy, and they keep the house loud. So yeah. it's definitely hard to create sometimes. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, I wondered, does having your own studio lend itself to maybe writing and recording more than an artist who has to pay for studio time somewhere? Or in your case, does it get negated by having kids around that put demands on your time and prevent you from going to the studio whenever you'd like?
1: No, it's definitely one of those things where I can create as much music as I want. So it's, it's really put me in a good spot because I'm able to be in there anytime I want to songwrite. And I have a producer who I've been working with for five, six years now. Um, So he's, He's always ready to jump in there and start working on a new song. Um, and it's, it's kind of a place where I can, I can leave my kids at home and say, hey, daddy's going to run to the studio and I'll be right back and actually get solid work done. But yeah, I love them living in that environment too. So I try to a couple of times a month bring them in there and let them see what I'm working oh. on and just experience that because I've always kind of thought, you know, this studio might not really be for me. It might, mm. might not really be for my music. It mm. might actually be for my kids. So I want them to grow up with that opportunity and, and that knowledge of that lifestyle and see if it's something they, they truly want to pursue when they're older.
0: Okay. But are you someone who, when you say, daddy's going to be right back, I got to run to the studio and right back means like four hours from now, or is it, or is it, you know, truly like I don't know. This? You know, my <laughs>
1: producer and I can actually get stuff done. Like if I'm going to go do vocals, yeah, I can be done in two hours. Like if I'm going to go write a song, it might be a four hour day, but yeah i'm not usually in there for any more than four or five hours so i think they've got it pretty easy (laughs) they've got a dad who's who's always who's always game for playtime.
0: well and understanding of course that inspiration comes from everywhere it comes at any time of day Mm -hmm. what does your songwriting process look like though because i know most songwriters will say i just can't and granted i know there are some that that will but most will say I can't just schedule a time when I say I'm going to sit down in this window of time that I've blocked out and songwrite. But with you being at home and having your own studio elsewhere, is it, yeah, I do all my writing at the studio? Or is it, you know, well, as you said, Bruce, if an idea comes to me, I'll sit down at the kitchen table and write the song then and there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it used to be 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I'd be rolling in bed and I'd have this idea in my head and I couldn't let it go. And I knew everyone was sleeping. So it was my really only time. To have some peace and quiet and actually like think of it. So I would run to my office if I was at home and I would, you know, write at one, two in the morning. Um, But now that I have the studio, it's been really nice because it's disciplined me to sit down and schedule those times and actually write. So I think having the studio has put me more in that mindset where I actually can sit down. Switch on that creative vibe and uh, mm. make something come from nothing wow. last summer, my producer and i we were we were writing we were writing and producing two demos a day mm. and they were good songs I mean half of them ended up on the album, you know mm-hmm. but it's just that kind of that kind of workflow you get into really just makes it even stronger for me, so the more i 'm working, the the better I get
0: <laughs> okay now keep in mind that to try to give the listeners some idea of where you are. I introduced you as being an hour north of San Diego. Yeah. But I want you to also know that we've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 153 countries around the world. Amazing. There's going to be someone sitting here listening to this interview with you in Germany, and he's going to barely even know where San Diego is. But I want to go to the flip side and say, like, Let's go like real specific because you're in what's called Temecula, California. Yes. What little bit I know of that, I believe that it's kind of like a wine country kind of place.
1: Yes. We love our wine.
0: (laughs) So what does that look like in terms of, is it this is where I live and so this is where my studio is? I mean, it doesn't sound to me like it's a place where there's a lot of music happening I mean you keep talking about your producer and is it well he lives nearby or is it he he treks in from wherever you know because this is where my studio is and and he's my producer
1: yeah well I mean we've been working without a studio for like the past five years now and Mm. just being in this area working out of our houses has really showed us that the talent that is in this area Mm. and the need for a studio like that to exist wow so I would really say, yeah, I'm probably the first real professional music studio south of LA wow. uh, in California that artists can go to. And it's been really inspiring because it's just been bringing people out of the woodwork that I never knew existed. And some of them played on the album. Some of them I wrote songs with, but I, w- my main goal for the studio in Southern California is to really create this, this kind of Nashville vibe. You know, I went to mm. Nashville in January and I was just so inspired by the community and you know, by the respect for the art. And I see a little bit of that out here in Temecula. It's a little it's a little slower out here in Temecula. We love our wine. It's a lot of country folk. We still got a lot of farms. I mean, five years ago they were doing tractor races right down the street from the (laughs) studio. I'm trying to I'm trying to get those back because I think that's amazing piece of history that we need to preserve. But
0: and it's a callback to where you came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. But no, I mean, I really just want you know, my studio is called Calico. It's California country. I really just want to create this country vibe with where all these artists are accepted and can come and create and and really just you know for the benefit of the music, really.
0: Well, as I understand it, your studio is not just you, though. You've got a team, is that correct, that creates video and audio content for brands and other clients?
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, that's actually on the YouTube side. So on the YouTube side, when I knew I wanted to pursue music, I kind of had to create that team. So Mm. um, yeah, I I built my own business. Um, I've got an editor, we've got graphic designers, and we've got agents who, who we work with on the YouTube side of things. And they really kind of help that clock keep spinning. So that my wife and I and our kids, we can have a somewhat normal life and and create the content we want to create. And on the flip, I have the freedom to pursue music and songwriting and all that.
0: But at the same time, how confident does that make you feel? It's kind of like a rhetorical question. How great does it make <laughs> you feel? How exciting is it to know? Because I think a lot of artists, they spend so much time with creating the songs. And then I think they go oh gosh, I got to come up with a video for this thing. Whereas you're saying like, oh gosh, <laughs> the video part's easy for us. I mean, yeah, it's that's kind of
1: how I'm wired too. Like I, I grew up without a lot of help, you know what I mean? So mm. I've been doing most of this on my own up until this year. Um, so I, it's kind of just in my DNA. I feel like I'm a natural publicist or a natural agent type of person. So I've been treating myself that way. Um, And it's worked to my benefit because I'm I'm having a lot of meetings now with agents and publicists, and they're like, you're doing a great job on your own. (laughs) What do you need (laughs) us for?
0: (laughs) So you said something a little bit ago that I want to go back to. Mm -hmm. You said that before the studio, you and your your producer, I think you said for like five years, would just go back and forth working from home. Yeah. So I take it that he must live in reasonable proximity to you yeah
1: he lives about 30 minutes away
0: okay so actually
1: he's and he's looking for a house now near the studio so we're really we're really focusing on that location so
0: was that back and forth from your house to his was that virtual like everybody has been forced to do over the last couple months during the pandemic and for you it was nothing new with you know oh my gosh i guess we're gonna have to definitely song right over skype or song right over zoom or whatever (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the pandemic definitely showed us that we, uh, our, our skills are still sharp because we, were st- we wrote like nine or ten songs during quarantine just mm. over FaceTime and text mm. messaging and stuff. So we were literally just as productive. And I definitely think those years of not having the studio and being forced to like work at each other's houses or, or rent out a studio, you know, like an hour north and meet, like that definitely prepared us for this. So now when we go into the studio, we're so focused on what we're doing. We're either tracking, producing, or, or doing vocals, and we can be in and out, which is cool because the studios is a business of its own. We want to bring artists in there to create sure. their own content as well. Sure.
0: But when you said that you would write over FaceTime, talk mm-hmm. to those people who are listening right now who are songwriters themselves that I've heard it said, Brian, I've heard people say, oh, you, you just can't, you can't. Songwrite over Skype You can't do a co-write Over FaceTime Because as we know no. You get into a writing room And you're just sitting there Staring at the wall For 90 minutes You know Trying to think of ideas And I, I don't want to sit on Skype And I just... mean
1: If you're staring at the wall For 90 minutes Then you, you gotta have A list of things to do I mean <laughs> I mean I, I actually We successfully wrote um, Our first FaceTime song With a different songwriter hmm. So my, my producer and I Have worked together Songwriting for um, You know A couple of years now but just last week, uh, I wrote with an amazing songwriter in LA, and uh, we actually wrote a full song, and it sounds amazing. We produced it the next day, and it really did show me that if you have enough resources at hand and you really are disciplining yourself enough, that it can be done. Because I used to think the same thing, like we're just staring off into space, or yeah. nothing's, or they're not liking what I'm liking, or or um, I'm not. What I have isn't good enough to share. Mm-hmm. I always say like, all right, I've even heard it put around, but like the greatest compliment you can get in a songwriting room from someone is, "Hmm," because that's, that's literally the greatest compliment you'll get from someone <laughs> in a songwriting room. You can say the best line ever and everyone's going to react with, hmm, because no one's really thinking about it that way. You know, if everyone in the room is, is in that mindset that they're servicing the song and servicing the message they want to tell, then the song will get made. But if other people are trying to compete with each other uh. or, or, you know what I mean? Like that kind of environment just definitely doesn't work. So it, it, you definitely have to have a group of writers who want to service the song and the purpose for the song.
0: But I think, can you, can I push you a little bit further? Like yeah. what, like, so what kind of advice could you give to someone who's listening that says no, but I just, I'm hearing what he's saying, but I just, I just feel like I'm going to get on FaceTime mm-hmm. or I'm going to get on Skype or I'm going to get on zoom and I'm just going to have nothing. And I'm just going to sit there idealist you know, suffering from writer's block yeah. for 60 minutes and the person's going to say, what a waste of time this was. What, what, what can they do? Yeah. I guess the way I should be phrasing it, Brian, is what can they do to be better prepared to come to that FaceTime session knowing like I'm going to get a song written?
1: You know, I always have a list of like 10 ideas. Um, they might be song names. They might be like a theme. But I start every songwriting session like therapy. So I basically just ask the other writer, what's on your heart? You know, what have mm-hmm. you been going through? What's What have you been thinking about lately? They'll ask me the same thing. We'll talk about stuff and kind of just like let things get relaxed for probably like the first 10 minutes. Mm. And then you kind of talk about like, well, what ideas you got? Like, let's see what we can work with. We'll throw out ideas. If anything gets anyone excited at any time, we drop everything and we go, Let's run with it. Let's do it.
0: Nice.
1: And at that point, it's all just about the conversation. You, you talk about what the purpose of the song is and, you know, where you want the, the song to progress to. And there are a lot of little ways that you can, um, I guess, get inspired. I like to use Pinterest. Mm. Um, I use Rhyme Zone, obviously. I love Rhyme Zone because there's so many different aspects of rhymes that you don't think about that can get you thinking <laughs> about other words. <laughs> um and I, lo- I love looking up idioms you know like idioms are just like classic sayings that we've heard forever that are timeless that have so many different meanings to so many different people mm. and it's such a powerful tool in songwriting to really flip that on someone's head and make them think of something in a different light very much like the hey song so you, if you have a couple of resources like that available to you when you're songwriting and you wanna service the song, it can be done, but you, you gotta be comfortable with the other person. And, and really it's gotta come from the heart. You, you can't force it because the listener can hear that. So it's gotta be as honest as possible.
0: And I have to add, you gotta go in with the right attitude. Cause if you go into it saying, this is gonna to be tough, this isn't ideal conditions, I don't know how mm-hmm. this is, well, you're, talk, you're already talking yourself into, it's probably not gonna to go too well yeah. with that attitude. Yeah, you already ruined the song. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, mindset is everything everything.
0: No doubt. Let's talk about the new album coming out July 3rd. We we obviously know where you recorded it. Yeah. You've talked about your producer, but, um, share his name. Was it just the two of you? Is there anybody else that wrote on it? You know, what's kind of the theme of the whole album, those type of details.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my producer is Daniel Martin. We've been working together for five, six years now. Um, he helped me produce a pop record about four years ago when I was just writing and spitting and throwing spaghetti at the wall and having fun with it. (laughs) Um, But he's really just been, you know, a solid business partner and a solid friend for me too. So we've been back and forth to Nashville. We were, you know, developing the studio together and we've really created like this really awesome bond as songwriters and as business partners. So he's been my real go-to for a lot of this stuff. He's got a good head on his shoulders with the industry and with music in general. So, um, when we wanted to write the album, it kind of just, it kind of came natural. It's like, what are we working on next? You know, what's the next project? And, and he's always, he's always ready for it.
0: So was it just the two of you that did all the writing on all 12 songs? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, it was mostly the two of us. Yeah. So I would, um, you know, I'd have a lot of melodies. I'd have a lot of lyrics. I'd bring them into him and we would flesh them out. Um, but we would also have, uh, songwriting sessions with some friends of ours. So Maple Street music is um a duo who we've worked with great songwriters out in orange county um daniel Deneve is another great songwriter coleman keffer um helped us write uh and honeymoon and hay um and uh you know we've we brought in a small handful of people who we've just had experience with so daniel's able to bring in writers that he's worked with on projects without me over the last five years and i was able to bring in some friends who i've kind of worked with on music things over the last five years and really just like a culmination of those relationships and, and all that kind of just came into these 12 songs.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I'm joined today on the Now Here This Entertainment guest line from north of San Diego, California, by singer-songwriter Brian Lanning. Visit his official website at brianlanningmusic.com, and that's Brian with a Y.
1: Yeah, Brian with a Y.
0: <laughs> it's my
1: whole life saying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, he is very much on social media. Find Brian on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, As you've been hearing, his new album called Same Town will be out July 3rd. You can pre-order it now on iTunes. Certainly, you can follow him on Spotify, but the better way to support Brian is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes. As I mentioned in the intro, he also released an EP in January. On his website, there is also a section called The Alibi, which is the official Brian Lanning fan club. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio ad-free by going to the show website nhte.net and hit the orange-colored support us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Brian Lanning and bonus content from the previous 27 episodes of this show.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for our bonus conversation, so definitely go check that out.
0: Thank you. I also want to say thank you for those that have been supporting Now here This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I get to see that activity via the monthly emails that they send to me. And by the way, feel free to email me yourself at podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my show website. Remember, it's no extra cost to you. So just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and voila. Once you click it, it'll open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it'll open their website if you're on your computer. Regardless of which way you do it, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses that I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week, and it's totally private. That's why I'm suggesting that you email me to let you know, because all Amazon tells me once a month is how much they're kicking back to me, so I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased. Anyhow, thanks for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Brian, I've mentioned a couple times now that you released an EP back in January. Yeah. I would like you to tell the audience about that project, but wow, that that released five months ago and now the album coming up on July 3rd. Did, Did the creativity fountain just overflow or are these all a bunch of songs that you've had written for a long time that you're being that you're able to release so much music in such a quote unquote, short amount of time.
1: Dude, it's always overflowing. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I I just love to create. I I was born to be a songwriter. Honestly, I say that all the time, but I just love making music. Um, yeah. So we released that EP in January and those four songs were actually four of the 16 songs that we produced for the album that kind of stood out a little bit. Mm. So, uh, last summer when I was talking about writing a bunch of music, we wrote about 40 some odd tracks. Mm. Um, we eventually pushed 16 of those aside to produce. Um, so we had, you know, musicians come in and we, we were, uh, producing those together. And then four of those kind of just really stood out. Um, and we had 12 that were just really that, you know, that solid country sound that we really wanted for the record. Um, and it was okay that the EP kind of blend that line a bit. So those four that we chose for the EP are kind of more on, along that uh, country pop genre. And it was really a good transition for me coming from a pop record and coming from a couple of you know scattered pop singer-songwriter songs to establish myself with that voice. Um, so that's kind of what the EP serviced. And now the 12 that are coming out on the record are really that authentic country rock pop sound.
0: Okay, but be gentle with me on this i i, I tried okay. to tried to do the best i could with my research here but i know that you released that ep in january you've got the album coming out july 3rd i think you released two singles in between time yes so were those singles from the ep and or the upcoming album or neither
1: no so i released the full ep in january it's kind of just like a hey i'm working on music again this is kind of the vibe i'm going for i hope you guys dig it Um, And then I I really wanted to release two singles from the album. So the first single was Hey, the one you heard Ah, at the beginning. And the second single is Golden State of Mind, which I think the listeners will hear at the end of this podcast. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I love that you did that because... You know, I I see and mind you, everybody has a different approach and that's why I love doing the show every week for more than 6 years cuz we get to hear some of the strategy behind it. But when I see I love
1: it. it. I love talking music strategy too. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so when I see an artist that has a four song EP coming out and they've already released two of the songs as singles, I I ask them, "Why did you do that?" But but I love that you're that you've dropped two and you're saying, "Well, there's going to be 10 more new ones on the album." Cuz then it's like, "Wow, okay. <laughs> that's that's a, that's yeah, I
1: really, I just want to show people, you know, I'm serious, and this is what I love to do, and and I'm gonna cre- keep creating music, you know, either way. And honestly, the the reaction from even "Hey" and the second single "Golden State of Mind" has just blown everything out of what completely blew the EP out of the water. So I'm just, I'm excited to get this whole album out there because I think people are just really going to be able to sink their teeth into it.
0: Well, and let's let's walk through something a little slower here that I think you just addressed a few minutes ago, but I want the listeners to understand Mm -hmm. this because if you look online, listeners, same town, Brian, is being billed as your debut country album. Yeah. And I think the word, the key word there is country. It's not your debut album because we just finished talking about the EP that you put on in January. Plus in 2017, you put out what is referred to as your debut full-length release. So I think the difference is the type of music you were making back then. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It's different. Yeah, it's it's very, very different. And even people who have already heard the record ahead of time, they tell me like, this is really different than your last stuff. This sounds on a whole different level, um, you know, value wise and a whole, a whole mm. different level voice wise. And it, it really is kind of, I, I want to keep that old stuff up there for now, at least, you know, I don't know what the future will hold, but I like keeping my old stuff up there. There's an EP. There's a couple of weird singles, you know, but I really would just want to show my growth as an artist and as a singer. Um, and I think that, you know, my listeners who have been there throughout the years respect that and appreciate it. And they, they see that growth, especially with this album.
0: Okay. So why the change though? What happens for an artist to decide that they're mm-hmm. going to go to a different genre?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, so we, we built the studio um, last year and i it had been like 3 years since the pop record and i was really just uninspired i think i was listening to a lot of music i was really putting myself in that mindset that this is what i was going to start doing um and i just I, I wasn't being inspired by pop music by pop music anymore it was different you know and i started noticing guitars disappearing from pop music Mm. have you noticed that Mm. you don't you don't hear a lot of guitars in pop music anymore unless you're listening to like maroon five or some of those alternative pop bands but top 40 pop radio you're just you're missing that complete art of the guitar which is what i fell in love with wow so i was i was putting my head in this space trying to trying to write for this music that just wasn't serving me um and so i went to my producer and i said you know I think I want to write country. I think I want to write real songs about my life, about my family, about how I grew up, about how I was raised. I think I could be more inspired in that mindset Mm -hmm. instead of trying to pigeonhole myself and making me think that I'm, I'm this, you know, little pop star. I don't think of myself as a pop star. I've never fit into that lifestyle, you know, like, yeah. I, I I came from nothing. I'm I I live out in the country with my kids. We have goats and chickens, and we love to get dirty. <laughs> and you know that that wasn't me. I'm not one of those clean cut pop boys. Um, so we started writing for country, and it just it just spitballed, man. It was kind of like the universe telling me, yeah, you're in the right seat now. Mm. Um, and even when I told my producer I wanted to do this, he says that's hilarious because the first time we met, I pitched you a country song. Because I thought that's where your voice fit and Mm. you turned it down. And I was like, well, why didn't you force me to do that (laughs) song, bro? (laughs) This could have uh, saved a lot of time for me. (laughs) Just really going into that mindset with the idea that I wanted to write an authentic country album with like real stories, real experiences, really just fired up that inspiration for me. And then my producer really just helped me find my voice in that. It all just, like the stars kind of just aligned, you know?
0: Well, here's the other part that I like about that. And I haven't said this for quite a long time on this show. So Mm -hmm. if you're a relatively newer listener to Now Hear This Entertainment, here's a teaching moment for you. But, you know, I've talked before about how the songs have to be believable. You can't be someone who is 17 years old and singing a song that, 17 year old couldn't have possibly lived through experience you know so how could yeah. you relate to that and i'm mm-hmm. i'm hearing the sincerity brian in your voice when you're saying you know these are songs that will be believable because people will say you know i feel brian's emotion in these songs i feel brian living these songs as opposed to oh well i guess i'll just keep doing pop stuff you know because that seems to be what i have been doing in the past and you're going, no, like that's, I can, I can do them, yeah. but it's not going to be me. I can't me. sing
1: about my girlfriends in the club, you know, like that's, that's not who I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm singing yeah. about you know, driving down a dirt road or drinking beers with my wife, <laughs> camp all that fun stuff.
0: <laughs> well, I've been referring to you as a singer songwriter and you were just talking about the guitar missing. Is my research lacking or, or do you not play guitar or, or I guess any instrument for that matter? I'm, I'm confused.
1: I play very little guitar. Enough to get me through some songwriting with my producer. Um, but now that the album's finished, he's actually, he's really honing in his skills to get me on the guitar and know this whole album. Because once quarantine's up, I just want to be on stage performing this stuff for people.
0: Well, does he play guitar on your album? Oh, yes. or... okay.
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he plays guitar. And I've worked with so many amazing musicians. Like I said, in this area, there's no short shortage of talent. Mm. So I've been able to pull in some amazing drummers, amazing guitarist um some good friends of mine who i've known for years who i've just i love to support and i love to you know keep them inspired so i really love using tons of different artists and uh you know having that flavor on the album
0: nice nice well obviously you and every other musician has been off the road the last couple months but when you are out doing live shows what does that look like in terms of how many players are on stage with you? Who are these people? Are they are they part of a a a regular Brian Lanning band?
1: hmm You know, I uh I actually just hired my band. <laughs> I I just found a drummer um because I want to start uh doing rehearsals uh for the rest of the year and really uh... get into that mindset. Um but yeah, I want it to be I want it to be a full band, drums, guitar, bass. You know, the album is really like alternative country rock and I love that alternative rock band feel when it's Mm -hmm. just like a small four-set band on stage. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just what I've always vibed with and what I've always imagined. So um, imagine something like low-key like that probably to start. Okay,
0: Listeners, on the last two episodes, I highlighted the 12 special reports that are for members only through Access Vegas. Since I've talked about three certain ones, not only over the last two shows, but in the past as well. I thought I would mention a couple of others too, but remember, these are just part of what you get when you sign up for Access Vegas. There's also their e-newsletter itself, a deep archive of past issues, the ability to ask questions to the editor, and even a private Facebook group that I don't know if I'm allowed to mention. (laughs) Anyhow, one of their special reports is how to bust the restaurant lines in Las Vegas without being a high roller or tipping someone a pile of cash. Plus, there's even one titled, How to Have the Best Damn Time on Your Visit to Hoover, Parentheses Damn. Yes. So get all this and more. Start at my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo, and then during sign-up, use the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Send me an email to podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you've signed up for their newsletter and how much you're digging it, like what insider tip you have enjoyed from them. You heard me last week saying that, My daughter was there and that I gave her some tips from the Access Vegas newsletter before she went. So do yourself a favor, go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then during sign-up, use the code BRUCE to get $5 off and then sit back and wait for that e-newsletter in your mailbox, which you're going to love me for.
1: I'm here for it, Bruce. (laughs) I'm due for a Vegas trip.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, here in the greater Tampa Bay area, we are seeing more and more places booking live music again. Have you been able to start getting some shows on the calendar for the very near future? Because obviously you're going to want to get out and promote the new album.
1: Yeah, I'm working locally to start. So i have uh, talking to a couple of different wineries and a couple of different events places out here. Um, and it's, it's slow, man. Everything is still just a big question mark. Mm. So I think uh, we're going to start with like a little album release party. Um, we're going to do one of those, like a private party, um, and then kind of just see see where it goes from there. I'm hoping that, you know, the wineries start open up and some of those smaller venues start opening up because I would love to just, you know, do some really private shows with, you know, 100, 200 people, just being able to really have a good experience, really share the music and, and connect with them in that way I think would be cool. I've even talked about doing um, like a backyard tour. So mm. you, like you mentioned on our YouTube, we've got like 5 million subscribers all spread out over the world. I've always thought how amazing would it be to, uh, to travel the world and play shows in in their backyards and have them invite friends and family and, and, uh, you know, have drinks and a good time. I think it'd be really cool. So We're definitely getting creative with what we can do because I'm kind of chomping at the bit here. I'm I'm ready to get out there. (laughs) I'm ready to perform.
0: Okay, but when it comes to places like wineries, are are Mm -hmm. you stuck in the same place that everyone else is, or do you have some strategy in terms of, you know, like I said, let's be honest, you have a new album that you want to promote. You go to a winery, they're gonna want you to do, you know, eighty five percent cover songs and say, Yeah, you could slip in an original here and there yeah yeah so are you just you know okay,, that's fine, I'll do it, or or is there some secret that that you want to share of like, no, I'll, I'll play tons of originals there?
1: well, I think what's cool too about the wineries out here is it's it's more they they definitely have those singer songwriters who are kind of just up there playing covers, but um, man, I saw uh Lauren Elena down at Wilson Creek Winery. She put on a great show mm. um and I think that the wineries out here are just getting noticed that they actually do have really great venue space to bring in real artists. With you know real real songs that people know and can connect with, so I'm kind of hoping to ride that circuit a little bit out because they've got great capacity wineries out here with great stages. Um, we could really do some real good headlining shows out here just for my my fans and my local friends
0: nice, nice yeah, and yeah. maybe maybe the uh, the house concert scene too I mean, I know you said backyards, but I know that The house concert scene has, has, you know, up until when everything else closed down during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. obviously house concerts have have remained a viable option. Uh, So maybe that's maybe that's a route for for Brian Lanning, too.
1: I think, too, what's great about this area, there's so many great entrepreneurs. So we've got such great coffee shops and restaurants and breweries and wineries there really is no shortage of great locations. It's kind of just about the community. So I really want to get in with with a lot of these business owners and maybe even talk about like a restaurant circuit. If we were to, you know, close down the restaurant for a night and have a private show that they can promote and it's at a different restaurant every month to promote the area, you know. I'm always down to help local communities and stuff like that because that's where I come from. Small town, you know. You got to have that small town feel still.
0: (laughs) And I'll tell you, I don't want to give myself a black eye and be known as the podcaster that sits there and pimps his Patreon through the whole thing. But last week, oh my gosh, on the Patreon that I did with Terry Barber, on that exclusive audio, he told the coolest story about a guy who actually is, like you're saying, an entrepreneur, he's a businessman, but yet he's also the one that did Terry's video. Oh, but wow. he told the coolest story on the Patreon about this really neat venue That this guy has, I think it's in uh, St. Louis maybe, but he said it's such a unique concept, they really should franchise it. So I'll leave that Mm -hmm. as a cliffhanger so people will say, okay, fine, I'll give this guy five bucks so I can go listen to Brian and I'll go listen to that one from last week and then I'll cancel (laughs) because Bruce is (laughs) pimping too much. Go Uh, do it. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Golden State of Mind. And listeners, this is the one that I said in the intro that the video for it has gotten almost 135,000 views in the first month alone. So, Brian, before you and I record some bonus audio for exclusive access via Patreon, tell the listeners all about this song, Golden State of Mind, please.
1: Man, this song blew my mind. It, how many views did you say it has on YouTube?
0: 135,000.
1: That's amazing. Even <laughs> on my... So, I've got my artist app up for Spotify and it just hit 130,000 streams on Spotify alone too. It's honestly insane. I never imagined that a song like this would take off. Um, This song really started with, I think, the title. I think um, it was one of the last songs we wrote. I wrote it with Rachel Talbot and Daniel Martin, my producer. Rachel Talbot is another artist uh, who I collabed with on track two. We have a song together called Get Together which is a very uh, relevant song for the climate we are currently living in. (laughs) Um, But man, that song kind of just came about from living in California. And I think the three of us got in the room, we started talking about relationships and, and how that, you know, when you're in that relationship with someone, you can really kind of let them fly, kind of let them soar ahead of you a little bit and how you're kind of comfortable with that place. And, that's always where my wife and I have been with our relationship. We've kind of always, you know, serviced each other's dreams and, and gave each other space to pursue what they wanted to pursue. And mm. my wife's been such a blessing for me in giving me space to do that. And, and I, in the same turn, want to give her the space to do that. So golden state of mind is, is honestly just about that relationship that, that makes you feel like you can kind of give up a piece of yourself because you know, the piece they bring you is a little bit brighter. So and of course it's got some great uh, California scenery in there because we were all California songwriters. So it's easy to get inspired by the coasts and <laughs> and the earthquakes and the, the the freeways. You know. Well,
0: it's interesting that you said I don't remember what your exact words were, but it mm-hmm. was something to the effect that you're really that you really didn't think that this song would take off the way it has. And it's interesting because I think that I, when I looked it up on iTunes, I believe it's like track number ten on the mm-hmm. album so you know that alone tells me that you know wow you know there must have been something about this song how do you slot it at number 10 on the cd and yet man i know you right? release it as a single and lo and behold it it has it has told you trust me brian i'm gonna be a good song for you
1: honestly it I, I think it's kind of just telling of the album like we put a lot of thought into track one to 12 on this album um we had a lot of different uh like track orders but ultimately i gave it to my producer And I said, you know what, just go ahead, design it. And he sent me the first mix with the track order that we currently have on iTunes. And I was in tears, like halfway Mm. through, I was like, dang, it was, it's such a roller coaster ride, you know, starts out really strong and then it really just grabs a hold of your gut. And then it just starts out strong again. You know what I mean? It really just has you going through these highs and these lows and golden state of mind is at the end because that's where we're picking it up. You know, it's, it, it definitely doesn't start on a lull, or it, does, it doesn't end on a lull.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. Brian, this has been great. I know we're going to continue over on Patreon, yeah. but thank you so much. I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate you making time for Now Hear This Entertainment.
1: Thank you so much, Bruce. This has been a pleasure, honestly.
0: Awesome. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter Brian Lanning. Do visit his official website at com, and that is Brian with a Y. Do be sure to engage with him on social media, too. Like his music page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I did all those three things myself this morning, so please do the same for him. Sure. Subscribe to Brian's official YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Brian you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment, regardless of when you're listening to this episode. Of course, his new album, Same Town, will be out on July 3rd. You can pre-order that right now on iTunes. Sure, you can follow Brian on Spotify too, but the better way to support him is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes. Again, he and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last almost six months' worth of guests. It's only 5 bucks a month, and it's ad-free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net. Hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to all that exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have we're doing this show every week for what has been more than six years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 334. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Brian Lanning. This is the one you just talked about called Golden State of Mind. Hold
2: up, each other like your Roots, so baby, hold up. We don't go with the flow, so we want to go, girl. I'll carry you can hike up up the hills to the Hollywood sign. We'll see it close up. But the sign doesn't shine quite enough to make the stars align, girl. But you do. Cause you're shaking me up like San Andreas with your cali lines and that dress from Vegas. Your picture's so bright, I'm going blind. I mean, I'm in a golden state of mind. Blazing by me like a wildfire, leaving my fire on all four of my tires You're speeding ahead I love the view from behind When I'm with you Ooh, 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 ooh. You, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm in a golden state I'm mad when I'm with you We can drive up A PCH to the pier Yeah, things are heating up The salt in the air and tequila on your lips Girl, it's how you do We can line up And wait for hours by the castle We'll put our hands up But these theme park thrills Don't give me all the same feels, girl That you do Cause you're shaking me up like San Andreas With your Cali 10 lines And that dress from Vegas Your picture's so bright I'm going blind What?